and welcome back to Sleepy Time Stories. Okay, George McDonald, the princess and the goblin. I'm Lydia. And I'm Matt. And tonight we are reading chapter 16 of George McDonald's The Princess and the Goblin. Well, you don't need to say it again because I just said it. Thank you. The Ring is the name of this one. Oh, like the... Like, if you heard our last chapter, um, you would have heard that, sh- that um, Irene has a ring. That's right. Her grandmother gave her a ring. Yeah, her great big grandmother. That's the one. If you, I'm sorry if folks, if um, you already heard Daddy say that. <laughs> okay. All right, I'll Maybe get... That's right. Should I get started? Yeah, let's start. The same moment her nurse came into the room sobbing, when she saw her sitting there, she started back with a loud cry of amazement and joy. Then running to her, she caught her in her arms and covered her with kisses. Aww. (laughs) I can't read while you're doing that. My precious darling, princess, where have you been? What has happened to you? We've all been crying our eyes out and searching the house from top to bottom for you. Not quite from the top, thought Irene to herself, and she might have added, not quite to the bottom, perhaps, if she had known all. But the one she would not, and the other she could not say. Oh, Ludy, I've had such a dreadful adventure she replied and told her all about the cat with the long legs and how she ran out upon the mountain and came back again but she said nothing of her grandmother or her lamp and there we've been searching for you all over the house for more than an hour and a half exclaimed the nurse but that's no matter now we've got you only princess i must say she added her mood changing what you ought to have done was to call for your own looty to come and help you instead of running out of the house and up the mountain in that wild, I must say foolish fashion. Well, looty, said Irene quietly. Well, looty. Perhaps if you had a big cat all legs running at you, you might not exactly know what was the wisest thing to do at the moment. I wouldn't run up the mountain anyhow, returned looty. Not if you had time to think about it. Wait, um, can I do Irene's voice? Well, you can, dear, but I think these words are a little hard for you to read. Maybe you could read it to me, and then I could say it in my Lucy voice. Have you ever heard of... Irene. <laughs> have you ever heard of Cyrano de Bergerac? No. Okay. Well, I'm just going to say this probably won't uh go really, really well, but we'll try. Okay. Folks... I know we should get back to the story, so Daddy, we should get back to the story. Okay, I'll, let's try it with you doing Irene's voice. Let's see what happens. Not if you had time to think about it. Not if you had time to think about it. But when those creatures came at you that night on the mountain. But when those creatures came at you at the mountain. You were so frightened yourself that you lost your way home. You are so frightened yourself that you lost your way home. This put a stop to Ludie's reproaches. 
She had been on the point of saying that the long-legged cat must have been a twilight fancy of the princesses, but the memory of the horrors of that night, and of the talking to that which the king had given her in consequence, prevented her from saying what, after all, she did not half believe, having a strong suspicion that the cat was a goblin, for she knew nothing of the difference between the goblins and their creatures. She counted them all just goblins. Without another word, she went and got some fresh tea and bread and butter for the princess. Before she returned, the whole household, headed by the housekeeper, burst into the nursery to exult over their darling. The gentlemen-at-arms followed, and were ready enough to believe all she told them about the long-legged cat. Indeed, though wise enough to say nothing about it, they remembered with no little horror just such a creature amongst those they had surprised at their gambols upon the princess's lawn. In their own hearts, they blamed themselves for not having kept better watch, and the captain gave orders that from this night the front door and all the windows on the ground floor should be locked immediately after the sun set, and opened after upon no pretense whatever. The men-at-arms redoubled their vigilance, and for some time there was no further cause of alarm. When the princess woke the next morning, her nurse was bending over her. "'How your ring does glow this morning, princess, just like a fiery rose,' she said. "'Does it, Lutie?' returned Irene. "'Who gave me the ring, Lutie? I know I've had it a long time, but where did I get it? I don't remember.' "'Uh, remember?' "'I do.' I think it must have been your mother gave it to you, princess. Um, remember what I said? I don't have you... Irene's voice. Well, does it, Lodi? Does it, Lodi? Returned Irene. Who gave me the ring, Lodi? Who gave me the ring, Lodi? I know I've had it a long time. I know I've had it a long time. But where did I get it? But where did I get it? I don't remember. I don't remember. Which I thought you were interrupting because this was something that the grandmother said would happen in the last chapter. But okay. I think it must have been your mother gave it to you, princess. But really, as for as long as you have worn it, I don't remember that I ever heard, answered her nurse. I will ask my king papa the next time he comes, said Irene. And that was a fairly short one. That is... Chapter 7, The Princess and the Goblin, George MacDonald. Chapter 16, yes. The Princess and the Goblin. Sorry, I got messed up. It's okay, and let's try and talk in soothing voices. I mean, after all, this is a sleepy time story. Yes, but I want to be excited. And it's time for bed. Good night, everyone. Sweet dreams. Bye. Sweet dreams. I said bye.